Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I've never understood people who's supposedly going to heaven who aren't happy. They're going to be in for a culture shock when they get to heaven, if they make it. I'm thankful for the joy of the Lord. Turn with me, please. The book of Jeremiah, chapter number 18. Amen. We're looking forward to a wonderful ladies' conference so far. Somewhere around 265 have registered. So it's going to be a full house this Saturday. And we're excited. Amen. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the, to the potter's house. There I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, Cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay in the potter's hands, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Amen. I want to preach for just the next little while on that phrase in verse 4, he made it again. He made it. Again, would you lift your hands and let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, over these next few moments, I need the inspiration and the touch of the Holy Ghost to penetrate our minds and our hearts. Oh, let the Spirit of God minister in this place that the word of the Lord would have free course and liberty. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, we ask, can you clap your hands and let the Lord know how much you love him tonight? Oh, amen. As you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, he made it again. Amen. If I could have a little more monitor, please. Amen. God is a God, not just of second chances. He's a God of infinite opportunity. It's a good thing that we're not the Lord. We'd be mighty lonely in heaven. Because we do not give people infinite opportunity. We are quick to shut people down. Once they do us wrong once, once they mess up, it's easy. We may not verbalize it. We may not actually say it. But somewhere in the recesses of our mind, we put a wall up to protect ourselves. That's the nature of of humanity. We serve a God tonight. The Bible says that his compassions fail not. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Every day that you wake up, you're starting with a clean slate. Every day that you wake up, you're not going to be haunted by what you did yesterday or last month. Now, the enemy may try to pull something to your mind, but thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ, thanks to the mercy and the grace, let me tell you, if God 
only established the blood to come into play whenever we did wrong, then we could not have enough baptistries in this church. Because every time you did wrong, if God only allowed there to be the blood, what is the the act of baptism? It's the application of the blood in the spirit. Then every time you did wrong, you'd come to a baptistry and we'd have to baptize you. I'd have to have a hundred or more full-time people just to baptize, keep people baptized. Okay? But God said there's got to be something in place that goes beyond the blood. So I'm going to put mercy and I'm going to put grace. And so whenever they mess up or they make a mistake, they can call upon the name of Jesus. For we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And when we call upon that name, there's another opportunity. There's a clean slate. There's mercy that is new every morning. You cannot exhaust the mercy and the grace of God. If you want to see how merciful God is, you read the Old Testament and you see how much patience he had with the nation of Israel. Time and time again, there was the ebb and the flow. God would bring them out. God would provide. He would show himself strong. And they'd do good for a little while. And then they'd start nosediving again over years. And then they'd fall into rebellion and they'd fall into idolatry and they'd fall into lust and they'd fall into their flesh and they, were, they didn't have the Holy Ghost to guide them. And so God would raise up a prophet and that prophet would come to them such as Ezekiel when the Lord brought them and said, look at this valley. Can these bones live? Yeah. Ezekiel answered the only way he knew, oh Lord, thou knowest. That's a safe answer. That's a politically correct answer. And so, wind and muscle and sinew and 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 and, and God raised him up and he said, this is the, this is the nation of Israel. This is, a, this is a, a metaphor, if you please, of what I can do with a fallen state, with a fallen Israel. And so he used Ezekiel to speak words to a fallen nation. And so it is, he raised up Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. And, and I wouldn't want that title. Sounds like a sad title. You want to talk, I'm going to pause right here. You want to talk about a prophet. Prophets don't just give good words. That's the prophecies we want. But a true prophet will say, you need to set your house in order. Death's fixing to come to your house. True prophets. And so Jeremiah, the Lord spoke to him said, I want you to get up and go to that potter's house. Why? 
Why would he send them to the potter's house? Isaiah 10 says it like this. But now, O Lord, thou art our father. We are the clay and thou art potter. And we are all the work of thy hand. And so God was trying to bring him to a place where he could relate to him on a personal level between the creator and his creation. Between the one who has the ability to turn the heart of the king whithersoever he will and humanity. He said, Jeremiah, I want you to go to that potter's house. And Jeremiah said, I went down to the potter's house. And behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred. It wasn't marred outside of the potter's house. It wasn't marred out in the world. It was marred in the hands of the potter. It would be easy for us to talk about sinners and how they've messed up their life and how they made poor choices and how they did things that they were ashamed of. But I want to talk about people in the potter's house. Oh, you may look your best, but I want to preach to people who know what it's like to do your best, but still mess up when you're in the potter's house, to still fall flat on your face, to still make decisions that you look back and say, I shouldn't have made those decisions. Let's not talk about people in the world. Let's talk about people in the potter's house. People who know what it's like to come to church and you're so ashamed of what you did. People who know what it's like to try to pray and the whole time the enemy's speaking into your spirit. You don't need to pray. You know what you've been doing. People who know what it's like to put on your best when you feel at your worst. Can I preach to real people? Not people who's got your mask on. People, real people, that the enemy's messed with your mind. He's messed with your life because you feel that you've been marred in the hands of the potter. That clay is not always perfect. The potter didn't mar the vessel. But if you start looking at it, if clay loses its pliability and its willingness to be molded, it won't be what the potter wants it to be. It's not because the potter doesn't have a plan for the clay. Jeremiah, before I formed thee, I knew thee. Before you took your first breath, Jeremiah, I ordained thee as a prophet to the nations. So there's not a problem with the potter's plan. There's not a, a problem with the potter's hands. But the only way it could be marred was that the clay 
started rebelling against the hands of the potter. It started losing its pliability. It didn't want to be shaped. It didn't want to be molded. The Bible says that the potter has the ability to make a make the clay to vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. So the 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 the, the, the potter has the plan and he sees it. But it it's the clay that determines what it's really going to end up. And it was marred in the in the hands of the potter. Marred. Sounds a lot like scarred. Because there's people here who have scars from when you've been marred. People here who have hurts. People here who have pains. People here who have misunderstandings. And you're looking back over your life and you're going, it's not turning out like I thought it would. It's not, it's not turning out like I envisioned it. But it's not because the potter didn't have the plan. It's because marred turned into scarred. And now you feel nothing more than a shell of what you could be. And it's not that you have a, a knowledge problem. We don't have a knowledge problem. It's the application of what we know that we struggle with. Brother Casey, I know the book says that he'll never leave me nor forsake me, but it's me trying to believe that at times that I struggle with. I know the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. I don't have a knowledge problem, but it's when I feel marred that I'm trying to figure out how that verse applies to my life. I know the Bible says that he'll never put more on us than we can bear but when I feel like I can't carry anything else that's when I have a problem I've come tonight to preach to the proverbial camel's back that feels like one more piece of straw is going to do it in I just got a feeling tonight that there's a potter that says Jeremiah I want you to hear what I've got to say it may be what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it again. I'm going to get to work again. I'm not giving up on them. I'm not looking at their state saying I can't do nothing with it. I'm just going to keep on working on their life. Somebody shout he made it again. How many times have you crawled to an altar? I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. God, I've messed up. God, I've made a mistake. God, I wish I'd have handled this situation differently. And the mind, the potter sees that clay. And the potter just picks it back up. And he makes it again. He just keeps making Brother Spanky because mercy is in place. If God did not have mercy in place, then we would find ourselves with Judas in the potter's field. 
known as the field of blood, purchased with 30 pieces of silver that were used to betray the Lord. But Judas, you didn't have to go to the potter's field and I'll prove it because I put a Peter in place that denied me three times, not just once. And there that clay, when that rooster began to crow, and hot tears flowed down Peter's face, as the Bible says he found a place to weep and to repent, it was the Lord that looked at Peter and said, I'll just make you again. Get back on the wheel, Peter. Get back on the wheel, Peter. I've got a plan for you, Peter. There's a day of Pentecost coming, Peter. I gotta have a preacher that understands mercy. I gotta have a preacher that understands forgiveness. I have prayed for thee, Peter, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, you know, in other words, when you get back on the wheel, Peter, you better tell everybody else that I've got mercy for them. Climb back on the wheel, church. I don't care how many times you feel like you've messed up. Don't you run from the wheel because that potter needs the wheel. He puts that in hands of mercy and he just keeps making it again. He keeps making it again. He don't give up, Brother Aaron, when we mess up. We give up. When we mess up. We're the ones. That determine our eternal destiny. Watch this. There's one. Contingency. That determines what the potter can do. He, he goes on. He says. If that nation. Against whom I have pronounced. Speaking about Israel. Turn from their evil. I'll repent of the evil that I intended to do unto them. In other words, Israel, if you'll just get back on the wheel, I'll just keep on shaping. If he feels that way about the nation of Israel, how much more does he feel that way about you? If you just stop having a pity party, if you stop going the wrong direction, if you stop following after all these crazy ideas of I can't be good enough and I, I can't get back to where I once was and, and I can't ever be used again by God. If you just get rid of that and just get back on the wheel. He says, I'm going to just keep on shaping you, Israel. I got a plan because there's a promise coming out of you, Israel. And you, it don't matter how far you run, you're not going to run, outrun the promise of the Messiah. That's going to flow through you. Let me just tell you, if you saw that your children or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren were going to serve God, you'd get back on the wheel. You'd get back in the hands of God because you're not doing it just for you. You're doing it for your future. Israel, get back on the wheel because your future hangs in the balance. Get on the wheel. Somebody say he made it again. He made it again. David, the man 
after my own heart. Oh, David. David was a murderer. No, he didn't actually kill him, but he orchestrated it. He was an adulterer. On and on the list can go. How in the world could he be a man after God's own heart? After everything he did. It's because when God sent a man in the form of a prophet and looked at him face to face and said, David, thou art the man. David, you got two options. You can run to the potter's field or you can run to the potter's wheel. And the Bible said that he wept and he repented. He fasted. He wanted that baby to live. He didn't want that baby to suffer the repercussions of his sins. But in the eyes of God, the baby never existed because it never even had a name. Bible said when that baby died that David saw his servants whispering amongst themselves and he knew that that baby had passed and he got up and he washed himself and he changed his clothes and he went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. Why in the world would a man wash himself, change his clothes, because in his mind, I'm starting a new day. And my future is not going to be determined, be determined by my past. And I may have made mistakes. And the repercussions of my sin have just been removed from this earth. And now I'm going to the house of the Lord. Because I'm getting on the wheel. I'm going to the potter's house. Because there is mercy. There is grace. There is forgiveness. I'm here to tell somebody today. Don't you run to the potter's field. You run to the potter's wheel. And God will give you a brand new start. Stand with me right now. Lift your hands all over this place. I'm not preaching to one perfect person in this whole building. I want you to begin to call on the Lord. I want you to begin to make up your mind right now. I'm going to that altar because that altar is my place of safety. That altar is my is the potter's wheel. That altar is that place where I can go and he's going to make it again. 